Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. to push that button. Let me see what I'm doing here. I have to push that button there, don't I, before I talk. I to, every time I do this now, I have to learn to do it all over again. Humble here, thank you again for listening. Your car 
is German, your vodka is Russian, your pizza is Italian, your kebab is Turkish, your democracy is Greek, your coffee is Brazilian, your movies are American, your tea is Tamil, your shirt is Indian, your oil is Saudi Arabian, your electronics are Chinese, your letters Latin, and your days are numbered. What a dull and dreary night Just a good time going to ruin Not a bit of fun in sight Take a look at just who blew in Hurry up and lock the door The great big butter and egg man We've all been waiting for Clap hands, here comes Charlie Clap hands, good time Charlie Clap hands, here comes Charlie now Clap hands, join the party Clap hands, meet McCarty Clap hands, Charlie, meet the prowl Ginger ale and white rock for this table Grab a chair, move over there, and let him sit right next to Mabel. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Yes, sir. Charlie? Yes, sir. Charlie? Yes, sir. Charlie's coming now. Clap hands, meet the dollies. Clap hands, big fur follies. Clap hands, stand up, take a bow. See the smile on all those hungry faces. They can tell that he's a buyer from those great big open faces. Clap hands, here comes Charlie. Clap hands, good time, Charlie. Clap hands, here comes Charlie now. Push that button there, lift this button. What a lot of buttons I have to push here. And here, thanks to you for writing, here is a letter from radio friend radio friend Peter down in Buxton. And Peter Peter is obviously commenting on the show where we discussed the demise of the main outhouse. Peter says, I'm right here, of course, right here in the city of Buxton, Maine, that is. I married into a Maine family up in Baldwin who lived in a large white farmhouse with attached shed and barn. They didn't call it an L, but then they speak with a different Maine dialect from you. Their flush was built into the shed right 
where the outhouse had been, because it was near the leech field for the kitchen, so you had to excuse yourself from the living room, wander through the dining room, kitchen room, and then go out into the heated outhouse to use the flash. For a boy from away, this was a lesson in geography. Signed, Pete, known by my main family as Peter. But of course, they've all moved to Florida now, and I've remarried. <laughs> Took me a long time to find the world's finest woman. Sorry I got to her first. Well, we'd like to thank Peter for writing, and we'd like to hear from you too. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com.
Bex here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. And here's another letter. Can it be from the same Pete? I don't think this is the same Pete. This letter says, Dear Humble, in your excitement to tell us away, people, about the sagging of barns, you flittingly mentioned the L. A much more important reason our barns have stood up so well here in Maine is that not only to feed the cows, it was much more convenient to visit the outhouse when it was in the L. Only recently has the indoor flush come to Maine. I guess I know that. And simply because of it, we've now begun to visit the barns less and less, hence the decay. Pete, and he appends this, born in Brooklyn, New York, assigned by the Navy to NAS Brunswick in 1968, Maine native ever since. <laughs> May since 1968. You know, although the Tolman family didn't get to Rockland until 1757, we still do everything we can. We go out of our way to try to make them feel welcome.
Dave McKenna. Playing a ba- a ballad? Because I pushed the wrong button. <laughs> My hearing aids. Oh, by the way, I should remind you, you are listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. With any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you. Thank you for listening. Now to the meat of the matter. My hearing aids now enable me to hear a mosquito scratch his ear on the other side of the room. My friend Julian said he didn't know why that information would be of interest to anyone, unless you were a bird who ate flies. And now what am I going to do? I'm supposed to have another, another one queued up here, and I don't. I'm really slipping here today. I think you better tell me about that. I'm the humble farmer at gmail dot com. I need a letter from you uh telling me to straighten out.
Beaks on the Humble Farmer. Someone called television a vast wasteland. <laughs> can this be true when we can watch educational shows like Hoarder, Cops, or the one where they repossess cars? What do you think about the programs that are offered up on the screen in your living room? I'm the Humble Farmer at gmail.com, and I would love to hear from you. Oh, he won't do anything crazy. You better sit down and let me get your drink. Don't say. Who was it? He didn't say. No reply. Night shades falling. Hear him sigh. No Why are you, you old witch? Empty spaces meet his eyes. Empty arms outstretched. He's crying. Swampland Searching for you Cause if You are lost there Let me be there Two, three, four, halt Two The smoke and flame I've got to go Where you are For No place can be too far where you are, hate and no chains can bind you. If you live, I'll find you. Love is calling me. Hello? I That cave in a swamp, I bet I'll never find her. For if you are not there, let me be there too. She must be using banishing Kareem.
dear. And if you win, ha-ha, I'm gonna find you my pretty baby. Love is calling me. I've got to go. Spike Jones, amazingly quality of the musicians he had. You listen closely, the the vocals, everything. Very, very, very high quality of musicians he had there on that in that band. You're pretty old if you ever saw it live. That's not the version I remember from hearing in the forties. They probably had seven, several versions out on it. Do you find this uh, to be interesting? I wrote on my Facebook page that I stopped in to see a friend the other day, and her son told me she'd been dead for a year and a half. And putting herself in my shoes, my friend who read this on my Facebook page wrote, Most people, including yourself, lead busy lives, and it's customary to make a quick phone call before planning a visit to make sure your friend will be home and that the day and time will be convenient. A call like that would have saved you that awkward moment, Robert. Well, let me say right here and now that for years I've made a habit of dropping in on these people. They're on a road that I sometimes travel, and when I happen to be going by, I stop in. It's, and it is not customary for me to call people before I drop in. In the first place, I don't know when I'm going to be there. And in the second place, you know this. In the second place, if I don't get there, what happens? <laughs> you know you've had it happen to you. They've waited in vain. And they say, oh, I wasted my whole day. All I did was sit around and wait for you, and you didn't come. Ruined my day. You've had it happen to you. You know what I'm talking about. And of course, as far as being awkward, I don't do awkward. Now, you might look at me and see awkward, and you might feel awkward when you look at me. But you want to think about this. Having been on stage making a fool of myself before hundreds of audiences for 30 years, I can't think of anything that would make me feel awkward. However, I remember what it was like as a beginner on stage, and I can tell you that I do feel your pain.
Bicks here on The Humble Farmer. We're with any luck at all. You can hear me playing old-fashioned music every week this time right here on your favorite station. Thank you for listening. My wife, Marsha, the almost perfect woman, read something to me about trekkers. I said that I had never heard of trekkers. My wife did not believe that I had never heard of trekkers. Well, to make my point... You have never heard of trekkers either. Nobody has ever heard of trekkers. And as an example, you knew I was going to give you an example. As an example of how everyone doesn't know everything, I recited the following limerick for my wife. There was a young man from St. Bees who was stung on the arm by a wasp. When asked, does it hurt? He replied, no, it doesn't. I'm so glad that it wasn't a hornet. My wife, Marsha, who is over 60 years of age, had never heard that limerick. I think it was written by Gilbert or Sullivan, one of those fellows. And, and my wife had never heard that limerick that we all learned as children. And I guess all I'm saying is, so there. Oh, this was, this was brought to my mind by this email that said, DB Power Ramp, Major Update. Hello, Robert Skoglund. This year has seen BD Power Ramp updated to R15. DB Power Ramp R15 is a native 64-bit application. It is faster as well as removing the 4 gigabyte of memory limitation. Okay, I have no idea of what this means. And please don't tell me. I, I don't want to know. Because... Unless it will help me put five clapboards from Robin's Lumber on the north side of my house, I really don't want to know.
Ghana, here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you. Do you eat bacon bits? I don't even know what bacon bits are unless bacon bits refers to bits of bacon. Somewhere I read, for the bacon bits, if you crave bacon flavor, try a teaspoonful of water, salt and artificial smoke flavoring, and spare yourself the fat, unless it is the fat that you are really craving, then go for it. Hmm. Anyway, my nutrition expert read this and said, wholesome fat is good for you. The human body evolved as a fat burner, not a carb burner. Enjoy your organic bacon. Well, for what it's worth, one of the things that contributes to the happiness in my life is the fact that I don't know the difference between a carb and a protein.
Three blind mice. Becks. Playing a lot of Becks here today. Thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer. You know, with any luck at all, I'm here every week at this time playing old-fashioned music just for you right here on your favorite station. Did you hear about the main kid who managed to struggle through high school and went away to college in the fall? Well, after only a week, the kid quit in disgust and came home. And when the kid's father finished unloading trucks or whatever it was he did for the day and came home for supper, the kid met him at the door, hung his head, and admitted to his father that his father was right. Them professors want nothing but a bunch of smug elitists who thought they could tell him something he didn't already know.
Ghana here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I am The Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you, of course. You have read many times that radiant floor heating is widely regarded as the most comfortable, healthiest, and most natural heating process available. Floor drafts, cold spots, and dry air are eliminated. Low humidity levels, dust, air contaminants, mold, fungi, bacterium, and all problems associated with forced air heating are either greatly reduced or eliminated together. You know why I'm talking about this. When Jim Kinney poured the concrete on top of the 300 feet of PEX pipe, Mr. Libby and I had tied down over the two inches of blueboard in my cellar floor. I went over to, I think it was Jim's daughter's house in Cushion. I wanted to see their radiant heated concrete floor. The difference being, I was planning to heat my cellar room with the free energy from the sun. She and her husband heat theirs. I think they heat it with gas or oil. Anyway, I was very excited when I learned they had such a system, and I rushed right over to see it. You know, just to see what it looked like and be able to ask him questions. I was also very interested in seeing the system of solar radiant heat that young Mr. Daggett has in his big barn over in Cushion. As you might know, he has four or so huge Barton glass tube liquid heaters on the south side of his barn. He's a very smart plumber, so his system has all the expensive technical bells and whistles that my simple system homemade thing I have. I lack all those great things. You know, if I were 20 years younger, if I were 20 years younger, you know what I'd do? I'd put a solar snow melter in my driveway. Easy to do. It wouldn't cost hardly anything. I know exactly how to do it. Once installed, I'd never have to shovel snow again in my driveway. Anyone could do this. The thing would melt the snow in your driveway for the price of running a small small electric pump, you know, until the glass in your solar collectors rotted away. You'd have to wait till the glass rotted before it would collapse on you. It was only a few years ago. Oh, I get excited talking about this. It was only a few years ago I first saw the solar radiant heated bathroom floor and sun porch floor of a wealthy woman, naturally from away, she had bought solar water heaters on her roof. I was very excited back then to learn that you could run little pipes in the concrete tile floor, your shower down below it there in the concrete, and heat that floor, 
and the floor in your sun porch with the rays from the sun. Because that was years ago, and now I wonder if I am the only person in town with a solar-radiant heated cellar floor. Like Mr. Yule, who is still remembered as the man who had the first car in St. George, I wonder if someday I'll be remembered as the first man in the town of St. George to have solar-radiant heat in his cellar floor. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. About time to get out of here. Thank you, thank you for listening. Love to hear from you. Do you remember the old radio program called What's My Line? They would have people with strange jobs on the show, and the panel of experts would try to guess what that person did. 
I will bet you that they would never have been able to guess what Grammy Bragg's father did for a living. I heard that over a hundred years ago, Grammy Bragg's father Skillins worked in a logging camp way up in northern Maine. His job was to get up before anyone else in the morning and put his thumb on the bottom of the thermometer to warm it up to 20 below zero. Because if it was colder than 20 below, it was too cold to chop wood. Take a look at the girls when 